This is Resonance 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. How are you? It's time for another slice of literary London. Although we're kind of concentrating on festivities the world around, really. This is the last show before the Christmas break of a new year. Um, and I'm Nick Hennigan. But don't blame me. Someone has to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as always, this time we've uh, asked for requests and dedications, uh, so it's kind of a request show, but we're looking a little bit at the whole spirit of Christmas. Um, and I went to an event at the Bush Hall, which I've not been to before in West London. Uh, rather lovely place it is, actually, and it was the Christmas party of the Idler magazine, yes. And the Idler is a magazine kind of based on the idea that we should, you know, not worry about Silicon Valley and concentrate on beekeeping and things <laughs> i paraphrase but tom is the publisher there they used to him and victoria used to run a bookshop as well in notting hill that didn't work out but uh, and although the magazine's called the idler he does anything but because he works extremely hard to make it work but the party was great tom the publisher had got a few mates up they had a, a sort of a scratch band and did oh, oh, three quarters of an hour of music which was good fun there was pizza and beer and uh, I was sort of slightly exhausted but it was just nice watching people having a good time and I thought I haven't asked his permission but I'm sure Tom won't mind because I'm talking about the idler he sent his Christmas uh, email out and uh, Tom also uh, the idler magazine has a thing called the drink with the idler which we used to do every Thursday and it started during lockdown but it became so popular and such a nice thing to do for an hour or so on a Thursday evening they continued and they have various um, sort of star names in uh, and I think you can find most of them on YouTube. The Idler has a YouTube channel. Um, I subscribe to the magazine because it's quite it's quite good fun. Uh, yes, and and his uh, email letter because we we talked about Christmas. Uh, they do a bit of philosophy usually during these drink with the Idler sessions. A bit of talk a bit about philosophy as well, the ancient uh, sort of um, classics uh, and uh, the people that were you know hanging out in those days and their notion of leisure being a good thing and not a bad thing, which of course politically uh, isn't necessarily the uh, the current thoughts at the moment but um, Tom reminded us as well about the kind of history of Christmas um, and in his email which I'm sure as I say he won't mind me quoting him from he talks about the pre-reformation Christmas and of course the idea of Christmas anyway if we strip back as we know it today and go back in history it of course is the coldest time of the year uh, it gets dark at sort of four o'clock in most parts of the United Kingdom. Uh, so we've got a lot of dark time. And back in the day when we were out there breaking our backs in the fields, it wasn't a very nice thing to do. So it seemed the perfect time to have a kind of a midwinter break. Um, and of course, the great 14th century poem, uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, talks about the Christmas revelry at Camelot, which goes on for over two weeks so it was all about playing games and being childish and dancing and staying in by the fire because it was so cold outside and a truly a season as tom says truly a season to be idle after the reformation the feast was actually condemned as a superstitious relic of our popish past and even occasionally described as satanic but after many struggles, it was resurrected in the early 19th century, uh, partly, of course, thanks to Charles Dickens. Uh, and in fact, later on tonight, I'm going to go be seeing my, my production of Charles Dickens, which I adapted from Charlie's original. And I also directed and the, the, uh, the rather brilliant actor Guy Masterson is performing. So uh, if you're hearing this live, 
pop down to the playground theatre and buy me a pint. No, I'll buy you a pint. No, buy me one. Oh, we'll talk about it later. It's Christmas, won't we? Um, and if you look at the history, I suppose Christmas today, in a sense, is more medieval than ever, according to Tom. We tell jokes, we pull crackers, eat, sing, play games and drink. Um, and as in ancient times... If you think about it, we decorate the house with the evergreens, the holly and the ivy and put lights everywhere. Although, as Tom points out, instead of hired minstrels, clowns and tumblers, we now have the television. But we do, of course, Christmas dinner, we wear little crowns in memory of the Roman midwinter festival of Saturnalia, when the world was turned upside down and slaves became kings for a day. That's why we put those little hats on out of the crackers, those crowns. It's a festival of silliness, of pointlessness, of fun. And this is the essence, of course, of Christmas. Christians, of course, will add the element of worship and remember the birth of Christ. Uh, but for many, it's uh, that's a sort of an optional extra. <laughs> so we slow down as well. <clears throat> Excuse, And many of us, particularly this year, will get the full medieval 12 days off as the, uh, the celebratory days fall on a Sunday. So, uh, yeah... And of course, let's not forget as well, the uh, the real truth, sort of one of the spirits of, of Christmas, when we put these little crowns on our heads, is we get jokes out of crackers. And, you know, are you ready? Yeah, jokes like, what do snowmen eat for breakfast? Snowflakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. What do you get when you cross an archer with a gift wrapper? Ribbon hood. <laughs> Stop it! Oh, oh, oh. Why does Santa have three gardens? So he can ho, ho, ho. Oh, oh, oh. And one of my favourite ones, it's a bit dark. What do you get when you cross a snowman with a vampire? Frostbite. <laughs>
Years and years and years ago, when I was a boy, when there were wolves in Wales and birds the colour of red flannel petticoats whisked past the harp-shaped hills, when we sang and wallowed all night and day in caves that smelt like Sunday afternoons in damp front farmhouse parlours, and we chased with the jawbones of deacons, the English and the bears. Before the motor car, before the wheel, before the duchess-faced horse, when we rode the daft and happy hills bareback, it snowed and it snowed. But here a small boy says, It snowed last year too. I made a snowman and my brother knocked it down and I knocked my brother down and then we had tea. But that was not the same snow, I say. Our snow was not only shaken from whitewashed buckets down the sky, it came shawling out of the ground and swam and drifted out of the arms and hands and bodies of the trees. Snow grew overnight on the roofs of the houses like a pure and grandfather moss, minutely white ivied the walls and settled on the postman opening the gate like a dumb, numb thunderstorm of white-torn Christmas cards. Were the postman then too, with sprinkling eyes and wind-cherried noses on spread, frozen feet, they crunched up to the doors and mittened on them manfully. But all that the children could hear was a ringing of bells. You mean that the postman went rat-a-tat-tat and the doors rang? I mean that the bells that the children could hear were inside them. I only hear thunder sometimes, never bells. There were church bells too. Inside them? No, 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 in the bat, black, snow-white belfries, tugged by bishops and storks. And they rang their tidings over the bandaged town, over the frozen foam of the powder and ice cream hills, over the crackling sea. It seemed that all the churches boomed for joy under my window, and the weathercocks crew for Christmas on our fence. Get back to the postmen. They were just ordinary postmen, fond of walking and dogs and Christmas and the snow. They knocked on the doors with blue knuckles. Ours has got a black knocker. And then they stood on the white welcome mat in the little drifted porches and huffed and puffed, making ghosts with their breath, and jogged from foot to foot like small boys wanted to go out. And then the presents after the Christmas box, and the cold postman with a rose on his button nose tingled down the tea tray slithered run of the chilly Clinton Hill. He went in his ice-bound boots like a man on fishmonger slabs. He wagged his bag like a frozen camel's hump. Dizzily turned the corner on one foot, and by God, he was gone.
can't resist playing that. That's lovely, isn't it? Years and years ago, featuring uh, Katrin Finch. And that, of course, was Keris Matthews from her EP, I believe it is. Or is it an album? A Child's Christmas Poems and Tiger Eggs. Um, we played the Reverend Eli Jenkins' Prayer as well from that um, record. Record? What age am I? Oh, I'm that age. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it's rather good. It's rather good too. We may well return to Wales, actually, because I quite like Dylan Thomas, as you probably know. And uh, we haven't got time for a child's Christmas in Wales, which is a bit of a shame. But I've got something equally as uh, lovely. And that was, by the way, <coughs> excuse me, that was for Zoe. Zoe in Chelsea uh, emailed and said, Hello, Nick. Have a good one. And uh, play that for me, because I think it's fabulous. And I only ever hear you playing it. Sophistication, mate. Yeah, that's what you've got. So thanks, Zoe. Have a happy holidays. Uh, I also had an email as well from Kathy California, who's still there. She says, I'm still on the beach. I gather it's been snowing in London. Yes, Kath, it has. Uh, <laughs> someone actually sent another email and said, tell Kath to send a photograph of her on the beach because she only ever listens on the beach. She seems to spend her entire life on the beach. Um, that would be inappropriate, but also... Uh, it doesn't work so well putting photographs on radio shows, does it? Hmm? No, it doesn't. Um, and I love the fact that Cass has been emailing me for years now. Uh, and I think California kind of is that sort of a place, isn't it? You can stand on the beach or sit on the beach or whatever it is. <laughs> Swim on the beach. Um, what was I looking at something on Metelia? You said you've got to watch it in California because you have got sharks. Mind you, we've got dolphins in Wales. It's not quite the same, is it? Uh, what have we got on the Thames? Oh, nothing. Those things floating that you don't want to look at. No, let's not go there. Actually, the Thames isn't as bad as it used to be now. It's not. No, no, it's not. It's not as bad. It was, I think, was it 50 years ago or 60 years ago? It was de declared clinically dead. Well, it's not anymore. It's um, clinically doing all right. Thank you. How did we get onto that? Oh, yes. California on the beach. Mm, I wouldn't mind it because uh, obviously I love the fact it was minus five today in London uh, and the snow settled, which is actually quite unusual because the snow doesn't normally settle. Uh, here in London but uh, yes it's been fairly festive and that's why we're being festive now this is uh, Resonance 104.4 FM I'm Nick Hennigan it's Literary London uh, we're also on bohemianbritain.com my new jokey kind of website uh, these radio shows are also on there as well of course and we're broadcast around the world on the interweb um, so that was uh, Zoe from Chelsea uh, Kath from California and Brad from Soho uh, sent me an email he was saying I don't I haven't seen you down the French for a while that's because Brad I haven't been down there for a while. The French House is a pub on Dean Street, and um, you may or may not know I wrote and created a thing called the London Literary Pub Crawl, which goes out, starts in Fitzrovia, and uh, ends up in Soho. Uh, and the French House was one of the pubs we used to go to. We often didn't go in, because when it was very successful pre-lockdown, we'd have maybe 20 or 30 people. And if you've ever been to the French House... It's not really suitable for 20 or 30 people. It's kind of small. Uh, only serves half pints, uh, apart from uh, Pint Day, which I think is the 1st of April. Uh, and of course, during lockdowns, during international pandemics, they started to serve pints. But they're back on the halves now. But say hello to everyone. And of course, I don't tend to run the literary pub crawl now. There's a, uh, a writer, actor, sort of, well, he's a mate now called Richard who kind of almost likes it a bit too much. There are only supposed to be four pub stops. He does 12. And in fact, there's a nightclub, a place called Jerry's, which is rather a special little place. Uh, and he ends up quite often in there till in the morning. But uh, so do say hello. And uh, it was Brian Soho who asked for this. This is lovely. This is from Dylan Thomas. Yeah.
It is a winter's tale that the snow-blind twilight ferries over the lakes and floating fields from the farm in the cup of the vales, gliding windless through the hand-folded flakes, the pale breath of cattle at the stealthy sail, and the stars falling cold, and the smell of hay in the snow, and the far owl warning among the folds, and the frozen hold flocked with the sheep-white smoke of the farmhouse cowl in the river-wended vales where the tale was told. Once when the world turned old, on a star of faith, pure as the drifting bread, as the food and flames of the snow, a man unrolled the scrolls of fire that burned in his heart and head, torn and alone in a farmhouse, in a fold of fields. And burning them in his firelit island, ringed by the winged snow, and the dunghills white as wool, and the hen roost sleeping chill, till the flame of the cock crow comes through the mantled yards, and the morning men stumble out with their spades. The cattle stirring, the mousing cat stepping shy, the puffed birds hopping and hunting, the milkmaids gentle in their clogs over the fallen sky, and all the woken farm at its white trades. He knelt, he wept. He prayed by the spit and the black pot in the log-bright light and the cup and the cut bread in the dancing shade in the muffled house in the quick of night at the point of love forsaken and afraid. He knelt on the cold stones, he wept from the crest of grief, he prayed to the veiled sky. May his hunger go howling on bare white bones, past the statues of the stables and the sky-roofed styes, and the duck-pond glass and the blinding byres alone, into the home of prayers and fires where he should prowl down the cloud of his snow-blind love and rush in the white lairs. His naked need struck him howling and bowed, though no sound flowed down the hand-folded air. But only the wind-strung hunger of birds in the fields of the bread of water tossed in high corn and the harvest melting on their tongues. And his nameless need bound him burning and lost when cold as snow he should run the wended vales among the rivers mouthed in night and drown in the drifts of his need and lie curled caught in the always desiring center of the white 
in human cradle and the bride bed forever sought by the believer lost and the hurled outcast of light. Deliver him, he cried, by losing him all in love and cast his need alone and naked in the engulfing bride, never to flourish in the fields of the white seed or flower under the time-dying flesh astride. Listen, the minstrels sing in the departed villages, the nightingale, dust in the buried wood, flies on the grains of her wings and spells on the winds of the dead his winter's tale. The voice of the dust of water from the withered spring is telling. The wizened stream with bells and baying water bound. The dew rings on the gristed leaves and the long-gone glistening parish of snow. The carved mouths in the rock are wind-swept strings. Time sings through the intricately dead snowdrop. Listen. It was a hand or sound in the long-ago land that glided the dark door wide. And there outside on the bread of the ground, a she-bird rose and rayed like a burning bride. A she-bird dawned and her breast with snow and scarlet downed. Look. And the dancers move on the departed snow-bushed green, wanton in moonlight as a dust of pigeons, exulting the grave-hooved horses, centaur dead, turn and tread the drenched white paddocks in the farms of birds. The dead oak walks for love. The carved limbs in the rock leap as to trumpets. Calligraphy of the old leaves is dancing. Lines of age on the stone weave in a flock. And the harp-shaped voice of the water's dust plucks in a fold of fields. For love... The long ago she-bird rises, look, and the wild wings were raised above her folded head, and the soft feathered voice was flying through the house as though the she-bird praised, and all the elements of the slow fall rejoiced that a man knelt alone in the cup of the veils, in the mantle and calm by the spit and the black pot in the log-bright light. And the sky of birds in the plumed voice charmed him up, and he ran like a wind after the kindling flight, past the blind barns and byres of the windless farm.
In the poles of the year When blackbirds died like priests In the cloaked hedgerow And over the cloth of counties The far hills rode near Under the one-leaved trees Ran a scarecrow of snow And fast through the drifts of the thickets Antlered like deer Rags and prayers down the knee-deep hillocks And loud on the numbed lakes All night lost and long Wading in the wake of the she-bird Through the times and lands and tribes Of the slow flake Listen and look where she sails the goose-plucked sea. The sky, the bird, the bride, the cloud, the need, the planted stars, the joy beyond the fields of seed and the time-dying flesh astride. The heavens, the heaven, the grave, the burning font, in the Fargo land, the door of his death glided wide, and the bird descended. On a bread-white hill over the cupped farm, and the lakes and the floating fields and the river-wended vales, where he prayed to come to the last harm, and the home of prayers and fires. The tale ended. The dancing perishes on the white no longer growing green, and minstrel dead, the singing breaks in the snowshoed villages of wishes that once cut the figures of birds on the deep bread and over the glazed lakes skated the shapes of fishes flying. The right is shorn of nightingale and centaur dead horse. The springs wither back. Lines of age sleep on the stones till trumpeting dawn. Exultation lies down. Time buries the spring weather that belled and bounded with the fossil and the dew reborn. For the bird lay bedded in a choir of wings as though she slept or died, and the wings glided wide, and he was hymned and wedded, and through the thighs of the engulfing bride the woman-breasted and the heaven-headed bird he was brought low, burning in the bride-bed of love, in the whirlpool at the wanting center, in the folds of paradise, in the spun bud of the world. And she rose with him, flowering in her melting snow. That was lovely, isn't it? A Winter's Tale from the Welsh wizard himself, Dylan Thomas. And uh, i got to play, I must finish. That's going to be my New Year's resolution, I think.
for this year. I called it The Roaring Boys. Um, and I did a few scenes for Dylan Thomas's family. Hannah, the lovely Hannah, and, uh, and her dad. Uh, and I really liked it. So, yeah, that's my motivation, I think. I'm going to have to try and get that. And we'll put it on somewhere and I'll let you know. You have to come along. <laughs> It'll probably be in a pub. You know how it is. Oh, yeah. You know how it is. So uh, that's almost it. I, I did actually find, uh, no one asked for it this year, Christmas in Soho by Dusty. Uh, is it Dusty? Um, by um, uh, Boy Sounds, spelt B-O-I. Christmas in Soho featuring Dusty. Oh, that's it. And Soho Cares. I managed to find it, but we've run out of time. I might perhaps do it on the bohemianbritain.com. Uh, version of this radio show <laughs> tempt you down for that oh it's a lot of fun but I thought what I'd now do is just leave you with a couple of more um, bits of ammunition for the festive season uh, in the form of some more caraca jokes so if you need to cheer up a slightly fed up relative you can say why was Santa's little helper depressed you know this one don't you because he had low elf esteem <laughs> what do you call people who were afraid of Santa Claus claustrophobic mm? and um, I think I'll leave it there to be honest don't you have a fantastic holiday season whatever you're doing a merry Christmas and a happy new year and I'll see you next time if you want to get in touch as always radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk I'll see you next time my name's Nick Hennigan on bohemianbritain.com and this literary London on Resonance 104.4 FM